0: THIS PROGRAM IS BROUGHT TO YOU BY PRESERVE GOLD, THE NUMBER ONE PRECIOUS METALS IRA PROVIDER. CALL 855-962-3322.
1: OVER 490 MILLION IN U.S. TAX DOLLARS FUNNELLED TO CHINA. The Chinese entities that benefited, ranging from a controversial Wuhan lab to a Chinese tech company. Where did the money go and how is the Pentagon involved? A new report is tracking it down. But what do you think? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Before we dive into today's news, make sure to use the link down below to subscribe to our newsletter. Each week, we'll round up the highlights and controversies happening around China and the world and share an exclusive behind-the-scenes snapshot with our readers. Keep an eye out. The newsletter will land in your inbox Friday morning. Over $1 U.S. tax dollars sent to Chinese and Russian entities. Where did the money go? New analysis from a lawmaker and watchdog group breaks it down. Here are the details.
2: Senator Joni Ernst released an analysis with the help of the Congressional Research Service and Watchdog Group Open the Books on Wednesday. It found that over the past five years ending in 2021, the U.S. gave Chinese and Russian entities over $1.3 billion in taxpayer money for a range of research programs. Chinese organizations received over $490 million, while Russian organizations got over $870 million. Ernst said that this is 10 times more than the estimates by the Government Accountability Office. Some of the grants worth noting include $2 million to China's Wuhan Institute of Virology for bat coronavirus research. Part of it came from the U.S. Agency for International Development and part from the National Institutes of Health. The Pentagon awarded $6 million in funding to Chinese tech company Beijing Zhuhua Trading. The firm created deployment and distribution command software for the U.S. military. The Department of Agriculture sent Chinese food producers $1.6 million through the National School Lunch Program. A nearly $100,000 grant from the State Department went to a Chinese cultural group to promote gender equality. And the Department of Health and Human Services sent $770,000 to a Russian state-run lab for CAT experiments. Senator Ernst said in a statement, It is gravely concerning that no one in Washington can actually account for millions sent to Russia and China for pointless projects.
1: The White House responding Wednesday to a dangerous incident involving a Chinese fighter jet. The aircraft intercepted an American Air Force plane in international airspace over the South China Sea. The White House saying it was unsafe and unprofessional. Video shows the Chinese jet cutting in front of the nose of the American aircraft, forcing it to fly through turbulence. As you can see, they forced that uh, that RC-135 to go through the, the jet wash uh, of, the, uh, of the Chinese fighter, which just tells you how close it was, several hundred feet. That's dangerous. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby adding the need for open dialogue with China. China's military says the U.S. reconnaissance plane deliberately intruded into its training area, adding the move seriously undermined regional peace and stability. China claims jurisdiction over much of the sea, but international law considers it open airspace. The incident adds to tensions between the countries over U.S. support for self-governing Taiwan, China's refusal to engage in dialogue between their armed forces, and the Chinese spy balloon incident earlier this year. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin warning the ongoing lack of communication with China could lead to an out-of-control incident. That's very concerning, and we would hope that uh, they would alter their, their, uh, their actions. Uh, but since they haven't yet, I'm concerned about uh, at some point uh, having an incident that could very, very quickly spiral out of control. While the phone might keep ringing between the U.S. and China, Singapore isn't giving up. On Friday, China and Singapore laid the groundwork for a hotline between the two countries. That's on the heels of Chinese Defense Minister Li Shengfu meeting with his Singaporean counterpart on Thursday. Singapore saying his visit underscores long-standing, warm and friendly relations. This comes as Lee declined repeated requests from Washington to meet on the sidelines with U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who is also attending the forum. Lee has been under U.S. sanctions since 2018 over the purchase of combat aircraft and equipment from Russia's main arms exporter. A pair of open letters from China's new ambassador to the U.S. is raising eyebrows. Addressing Chinese compatriots and students in the U.S., the letters urged them to work with the Chinese embassy and serve the ruling Chinese Communist Party. Here's more.
3: As the newly appointed Chinese ambassador to the U.S., Xie Feng kicked off his first day in office with a bang last Tuesday calling on his fellow Chinese compatriots and students in the U.S. to serve the motherland. In his first open letter to Americans of Chinese descent, Xia reminds them that, quote, blood is thicker than water and urges them to provide support, involvement, and contribution to the Chinese embassy. But China Affairs analyst and host of a YouTube commentary channel, Tong Jingyuan, is voicing concerns over that rhetoric.
0: The Chinese Communist Party is actually recruiting Chinese spies in the US on a semi-public basis. This is a classic example of the CCP's overseas united front work, which is to frame racial identity as a higher priority than national identity for Chinese Americans, to get their support and loyalty for the CCP. As a result, it confuses the CCP with China.
3: United Front Work is a political strategy the Chinese Communist Party uses to influence the policies of foreign governments. A big part of it involves reaching out to Chinese people overseas, encouraging party loyalty and tamping down opposition. Xi'a's letters came to light amid a number of Chinese espionage scandals in the U.S. Just three weeks ago, U.S. authorities arrested a Chinese-American man, accused of spying for the Chinese regime. The man is named Liang Litang and is a U.S. citizen. The indictment says Liang has acted as Beijing's agent since 2018. During that time, Liang allegedly contacted the Chinese consulate in New York and started sending officials there information about Chinese individuals and organizations in Boston. U.S. officials have also been raising concerns about Beijing exploiting students to steal intellectual property from the West. In 2020, Washington shut down the Chinese consulate in Houston. The decision was reportedly made partly because diplomats there helped Chinese researchers steal sensitive technology, like artificial intelligence. In a second open letter, this one addressing the over 260,000 Chinese students in the U.S. Xiad directs them to, quote, Tell China's story well. Present a true China to your American friends. The phrase, tell China's story well, comes from a statement by Chinese leader Xi Jinping in 2013. Experts say it signals Beijing's attempts to keep these young Chinese studying abroad under even more scrutiny, presumably with heavier pressure to prove their loyalty and push regime propaganda. Chair of the House Select Committee on China has said the activities of Chinese students in the U.S. are often monitored by overseas CCP-backed associations. Students who criticize the regime may face harassment when they return home.
1: Also on the China front, senators in Washington discussed export controls to China on Thursday. Some say U.S. exports could be used against us. NTD's Arian Pazdar brings us the highlights from the hearing.
4: We all agree China is a real and growing threat. Our committee must play a leadership role in countering that threat.
5: Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown on Wednesday set the tone for how the banking committee wants to approach China. Officials from the Treasury and the Commerce Departments testified at Wednesday's hearing. One big topic was export control.
1: We are restricting exports of leading-edge semiconductors and also of semiconductor manufacturing equipment and related activities by U.S. persons.
5: She says that's because semiconductors can be used to make weapons. The list of Chinese entities subject to the limitations is growing. A statement from one of the witnesses reads, currently there are nearly 700 Chinese parties on the entity list, of which over 200 have been added since the beginning of this administration. During the hearing, Republican Senator Bill Hagerty broke down the ones added during the Biden administration, saying they added around 150 in 2020, 85 in 2021 and 68 in 2022. Why has there been a decrease year over year? That's my question.
1: Can I get back to you on that? I want to make sure that we're operating with the same data, please.
5: The data
2: shows that there has been a decrease. And I want to understand the trend and what's underlying the trend.
1: We are deeply focused as one of the two pillars of export controls on entities that pose national security and foreign policy threats to the United States.
5: Senators also looked at the threat China poses by enabling illegal fentanyl trade. Fentanyl
3: is a leading cause of death for young americans the leading cause of death
5: multiple senators at wednesday's hearing promoted the fend off fentanyl act which they introduced earlier this month the act would declare fentanyl trafficking a national emergency require the president to sanction organizations and cartels engaged in fentanyl trafficking make it more likely that foreign actors who defy u.s law are caught and prosecuted and more The bill has the support of 22 Republicans and 22 Democrats. One of the senators said such strong bipartisan support is a miracle these days. Arian Pastar, NTD News.
1: One of Apple's top iPhone suppliers, shifting its operations across borders. According to the local government, electronics maker Foxconn will start manufacturing iPhones in southern India by April 2024. Officials say the land for the factory would get handed over to the company by July 1st, where it plans to manufacture 20 million iPhones per year. The project is valued at nearly $1.6 billion and is expected to create around 50,000 jobs. Foxconn is the world's largest contract electronics manufacturer. The news of the new plant comes after a major incident at one of its China-based factories late last year. The company issued an apology for what was called a technical error in its payment system. That the day after employees launched a major protest demanding that pandemic-related rules be eased and accusing the company of unpaid wages. Some reports said the situation turned violent when police began beating protesters. Apple has been shifting production away from China after the country's strict COVID-19 policy disrupted iPhone production in the country. The tech giant is also looking to avoid a hit to its business due to tensions between Beijing and Washington. A joint military exercise kicking off in the South China Sea. On Thursday, U.S. and Japanese Coast Guard ships arrived in the Philippine capital, Manila, launching the first trilateral maritime drill between the three nations. Here are the details.
0: Philippine Coast Guard troops lined up at the pier, waving U.S. and Japanese flag as the U.S.CGC Stratton and Japan's patrol vessel pulled up. The joint exercise comes amid China's growing assertiveness in the South China Sea. The drill will last for a week and will focus primarily on maritime law enforcement and rescue collaboration. The United States and the United States Coast Guard are committed to our allies and partners in this region. We are proud of our persistent presence in the Indo-Pacific and our dependability as a trusted partner. Australia is participating as an observer. Japan, Australia and the United States have frequently condemned China's militarization of the region and they have also sought to strengthen their engagement with the Philippines. The Philippines was approached by Japan and the U.S. about holding joint drills back in February, shortly after the island country accused China of conducting aggressive activities in the South China Sea. China claims almost the entire disputed region as its territory, and has militarized several artificial islands there. The U.S. recently accused a Chinese fighter jet of conducting an aggressive maneuver against one of its aircraft while flying over the South China Sea. Earlier in May, the regime deployed several navigational buoys near the disputed Spratly Islands, following a similar deployment by the Philippines. Sam Wong, NTD News.
1: Coming up, is Beijing turning the U.S. into a hunting ground for dissidents? That's what a lawmaker is saying about the Chinese agents active on U.S. soil. The latest arrests from the Justice Department are bringing these issues to light. Plus, what's the cost for American businesses in order to get a piece of the Chinese market? Joshua Phillip, host of Crossroads, sat down with Representative Dan Newhouse, member of the House Select China Committee, for more. Details in just a minute, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. With Beijing's long arm reaching towards U.S. soil, what's really at stake? The DOJ recently charged Chinese Communist Party agents for quote toppling the Falun Gong. The spiritual meditation practice is heavily persecuted in China, but has found freedom in the U.S. Plus, what risks are U.S. businesses facing in exchange for a piece of China's market? Joshua Phillip, host of Crossroads, sat down with Representative Dan Newhouse, member of the House Select China Committee for
6: more. Congressman, thanks for being on Crossroads.
4: Appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me.
6: All right. So, you know, I want to start by talking about these two arrests we just saw relating to this case in New York and Falun Gong. You know, in your eyes, how is this significant? What does it show us?
4: Well, I think this is a, another example of just how uh, the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, is Doing all they can to undermine our sovereignty, uh, silence all dissent. This is a foreign government that is committing crimes against those that it deems to be a threat right here on American soil.
6: Hmm. Well, and you know, we also saw other arrests, interestingly, with these, you know, they call them Chinese police stations in New York. Um, You know, we know they're in other countries as well. Uh, What do you think it's, in terms of the US government now really taking a stand against them, this does seem to be a big shift. I mean, I can tell you personally, I've been investigating these kinds of networks for a long time and nothing was really done about them before. Why do you think it's changing now?
4: So that's a really good question. You know, uh, I think uh, not only are the American people seeing China for what it is, but also members of Congress, Mm. uh, people here in Washington, DC. I've said before, and I'll say it again, this, is, this just exemplifies why I think the United States should not be a, a haven uh, from persecution. It should be a haven from persecution. Not what they're trying to turn it into, a hunting ground for an authoritarian government. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that the DOJ and the FBI have been uh, on their toes on this, doing the right thing, holding them accountable. And I think that's what we need to do.
6: Well, and I know you yourself—you've you, taken a pretty strong stance against the CCP or Chinese nationals buying U.S. farmland. Uh, why do you think this is something Americans should care about?
4: Well, that's that's a trend that we're seeing in other countries around the world, and now starting to see in the United States as well. Um, that the the number of acres that uh, that that the Chinese have purchased in the United States has have, have increased by a factor of ten just in the last decade. And we want to make sure that our food supply, our ability to produce uh, food is under the control of Americans and not under the control of countries that are not our allies. And so um, watching this trend, and as I said, seeing what's going on in other countries, we don't want to wake up 5, 10, 20 years from now and think, uh, we should have done something about this we want to nip this in the bud before it becomes an issue of national security
6: hmm. well it seems like there's a bigger trend happening right now as well at the G7 meeting just recently you know biden was criticized for it, but I, I honestly think he was kind of misquoted to be honest uh, he came out and he said that we're not going to be decoupling with china but the other part that i think people didn't pay enough attention to Was he said that we would be trying to diversify our our relationship, and I think that means that we're going to become less reliant on China. How did you interpret that, and what does that mean for the U.S. going forward? Well, you've got
4: we're talking about the two largest economies in the world, the United States and China, and for us to completely decouple, uh, uh, that's that's an almost impossibility. They're a huge market for many of the things that we produce in this country. And obviously, uh, we reciprocate. We buy a lot of things from from China. Uh, But I think um, maybe more accurately than decoupling, we should use the term de-risking. We need to lower the risk in this trading uh, relationship that we have. Um, We're far from that at this point. And so, I think the president was uh, making a, a, a very a, a good point that the risk involved with the way things stand today uh, needs to be needs to be addressed and and our relationship needs to be changed.
6: Hmm. Well, you know, one of the complicated issues with doing business with China is that American businesses have to play by China's rules, and that has included, for example, handing over you know intellectual property. It has included handing over source code. Uh, it includes censoring themselves like we've seen with the NBA. Do you believe this is something that can be resolved at a congressional level or maybe on a business level? How, how should we deal with this where basic American rights are being undermined through this engagement?
4: Well, The thing you have to remember about China, Joshua, they, they don't play by the, necessarily the same rules that we do in our country. So businessmen that go to China uh, need to be, have their eyes wide open uh, as far as the risk that they are uh, accepting uh, by doing business uh, in China, and uh, if if the if it does happen that China decides to make a move on on Taiwan, the capital invested in that country by American com- companies by foreign companies in general will absolutely be at risk. And so, th- those are things that. Um, uh, that's a pretty high level of risk to be uh, acceptable, I would think, for most people.
6: Yeah. Well, you know, back to the issue of these two arrests in New York, uh, one thing I've touched on is the fact that, you know, Falun Gong used to be a no go topic. Diplomatically, you bring it up, the Chinese officials get up and walk out of the room. And uh, I'm curious with yourself and others, uh, you know, being, it seems really criticizing the CCP, including its human rights abuses, whether it's Taiwan, or Muslim Uyghurs, or Falun Gong—it doesn't seem to be a no-go topic anymore. And what do you think has changed that has really made people not afraid to speak about these issues the CCP does not want to speak about?
4: Well, I think um, as we're seeing in this country, the um, like we talked about, the greater attention that's being paid to uh, to China and the actions that they are threatening, the actions that they are taking in other countries. Um, more and more people are starting to uh, to voice their concerns about this, and groups like the Falun Gong, really uh, their their protests, uh, their criticisms have fallen on deaf ears, primarily in a large in most of the world. Uh, China used to try to ignore them as well, but now there's a chorus of voices speaking up, and I think that that's that's a really really good thing, you know. Um, The Chinese people, they're truly the primary victims of this Chinese communist government. Did you know that they spend more, the CCP spends more on internal security than it does on its military? And there's only one reason for that. It sees its people as a bigger threat than other countries such as the United States. I think that speaks volumes.
6: Hmm. Great point. So, Congressman, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it.
4: Yep. Thank you for putting some attention on this very, very important subject.
1: That's all for is China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.